When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the big wrap as we look at a big Tennessee win, big on the scoreboard. Wasn't even close to most one-sided victory that I can remember uh, recently with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Let me set you up, Caleb, uh, to start the big wrap brought to you by Herald Group Security Solutions and also the Hemp House. I'll tell you more about them momentarily. But Caleb, let me get your thoughts initially on a big win by the Vols, 59-3. to Had one of those old-school type of bills where Tennessee was just far more talented than their opponent. It's absolutely. They were so much better than UConn. And this was, type, this was a game that I think Tennessee fans have been waiting for all year because they were used to seeing it last year, and they really hadn't gotten a chance to see it this year. So I think because of that, this was a huge momentum booster for Tennessee to feel like because we all remember the Austin P game where Tennessee came out they blew out Virginia they were ready to blow out Austin P and then they just looked sluggish and that began a five six week period of everything everybody questioning everything about the offense and finally in this game even though the defense made history with three touchdowns and we're going to get to that I think the big thing that everybody sees is this is finally the type of hypo offense that they remember seeing last year and I think fans have to feel great about that let me give you a couple of factors and rank them um, in this win and not necessarily factors that led to the win, but things that can help Tennessee moving forward. Cause I want to get into why Missouri is such a revenge game for the balls. Please hit that like and subscribe button. Now we greatly appreciate that. So I'm going to give you four quick factors mm -hmm. off the top of my head. Uh, Joe Milton's play, the running game, the opportunistic defense, uh, I feel like I'm missing one, but uh, just out of the factors that you saw in this game, what bodes most well for Tennessee moving forward? Because Missouri's going to be a big-time revenge game for the Tigers for sure. I think Joe Milton's lack of panic stands out to me. I think that, and I know that's crazy to say, again, it was a blowout win for Tennessee, but one thing I wanted to point out was that, and this is coming up in my turning point from the game, Missouri, remember this, Tennessee scores on an 82-yard touchdown drive from Jalen Wright. Second play of the game. Then UConn has a three and out. What happens, Dave? Tennessee is forced to punt because Joe Milton, you saw it, a pass sailed over McCollin Castles. Should have been an easy third down conversion. And Joe Milton had a really bad pass sale. And I think we all said and thought, uh-oh, Joe Milton is letting things get away from him again. And UConn's going to make this close. They go drive down the field and score a field goal. And you're thinking... This is going to be an ugly football game. What does Joe Milton do? He hits Ramel Keaton for a 60-yard touchdown on the next drive. And I know that was a busted coverage, but let's be honest, even in a busted coverage, given the questions about Joe Milton's arm, 
You didn't know he was going to hit Ramel Keaton in stride. And that really set Tennessee up to turn this into a blowout. They stopped UConn on the next drive. I think they have it. It's a 62-yard touchdown drive that Joe Milton, where they moved the clock, they moved the ball, and then they hit Squirrel White for an 82-yard touchdown pass where that was a perfect pass over the middle. But I think what really stood out was after a drive where he Joe Milton had a pass sale, and you thought, oh, no, when he's we've talked about it throughout the year. When he spirals, he spirals. One bad play turns into 20. That didn't happen here. He had a pass sale. He came right back the next drive, threw a touchdown pass. No, you're, you're right, and that's a great point. There was the spiraling out of control for eight or so plays early in the season, the first half of the season. You have to take the opponent into account. So I would probably on most days take a C-plus effort, which he at least gave against Alabama, than an A-plus effort against Connecticut. But either way, this was one of his better games, regardless of an opponent. These other guys do still get scholarships. Yeah, exactly. And he did a lot of things right. I think the thing that stood out was that one touchdown drive he had between the two bombs that he threw, you know, the middle one that where he used a lot of plays. It's the second time, though, and I mean, I you know, to criticize Heupel's play call, and I don't think he wanted to run up the score for whatever reason, but I felt Heupel didn't use his timeouts properly to give Joe Milton a chance at an end of first half touchdown drive. And I think a lot of us kind of wanted to see that. Now, again, the flow of the game, it didn't matter. How many times was Joe Milton going to see the field when the defense scores three touchdowns and puts you up, what was it, 56 to or 49 to three it, with, you know, early in the third quarter? There was not much anybody was going to have to do. And so you have to give him credit. So you got to give the, I mean, we obviously have to talk about the defense and give them credit for that because that was just a, even though Joe Milton got it going, I mean, that's historic. That UConn had three straight possessions in which they gave up a, a defensive touchdown. Yeah. And I want to add this to, um, what happened in the game today defensively i believe i said i'm not I'm not trying to pat myself on the back that tennessee could have brought more pressure uh last week against kentucky they didn't think that was the best way to win they wanted to make sure and stop the run and they played a lot of zone without zone blitzing but in this particular case caleb i thought that uh tennessee deserves um um kudos for being who they are and what they did last week because that was the best way to get a win last week. But it's not going to be the best way to get a win against most teams that they play to like to, that like to throw the ball, as is college football nowadays. And Tennessee clearly showed that they could still provide uh, pass pressure despite not doing it nearly as much against the Cats. Yeah, they. that's very true. Now, I think there are some concerns for Tennessee on that front, and I put this out there. UConn moved the ball a lot more than they should have in this game. You can talk about the three defensive touchdowns and be happy with it, but – UConn, Taquan Roberson got them into Tennessee territory, I think four straight possessions in the first half. And they did it again twice in the second half. And look, we don't like to use time of possession when talking Tennessee because time of possession really doesn't mean that much when you think about the fact that Tennessee scores so quickly. But a big reason UConn dominated time of possession in this one was because they were moving the ball. They weren't getting a lot of three and outs. And after Devin Leary threw it all over Tennessee last week, that is a, that is a concern. To a certain degree. Now, I think, or, or am I overreacting to that? Well, I think, no, you're not. At, at first, when it first struck me, you said that. I was like, eh, it's UConn. You know, you're going to have some lackadaisical play at times. But when you factor in that this wasn't a gr great secondary beforehand, and then they lose Kamal Haddon, then no, you bring up a good point. So basically what you're inferring Correct me if I'm wrong, you didn't say this, but you're inferring that a very average passing offense can move the ball against these balls. Yes, that's exactly what I'm inferring. And it's um it's just and it's starting to show itself more and more and more where if Tennessee doesn't bring pressure, this was a problem for them last year, where they can only shut down a passing attack if they get pressure. Now everybody says, I know you need pressure. It's a lot easier to guard when you bring pressure, and that's true, but I mean, maybe I'm crazy, Dave, but the truly great secondaries can shut down passing games without without needing pressure up front, can't they? Yeah, we're a long way from truly great. I think above average would be what Tennessee is shooting for. So let me uh, – I'm just going to make it really simple because there's something else I want to include in here, and his name may rhyme with Rico. 
Um, so the biggest takeaway uh, from Tennessee's game will be our poll question brought to you by the Hemp House today. Um, and uh, help me put this together. Let's do this on the fly. And you can do it in the message board if you would like to uh, contribute as well. So biggest takeaway from Tennessee's win over UConn. So I'm going to go one with uh, dominant running game, which probably is not the biggest takeaway because we knew that was there. Joe Milton's play, um, opportunistic defense. I've only got four uh, choices, so tell me if you want to jump in there. Um, and then I'm going to – I would like to put in Nico. I'll be honest with you. I would like to put in Nico because – we saw some of him and we saw some flashes and I thought that he was, uh, I thought he was um, what, what I expected. And that is a very competent football player, especially against, even though he's a freshman, these dudes, a lot of these guys will never be the type of athlete Nico is when they're seniors. So uh, how about that dominant running game, Joe Milton, uh, opportunistic defense or Nico? Any changes you would make to our poll question, which I'm going to post on YouTube right now, and you can take a, uh, you can you can strike a vote up on that. Any changes you would make, Caleb? No, as far as the positives go, I, I think you're right there for all of those. Yeah, th those are all the positives. Now, I still had two negatives, which was they UConn staying on the field too long and also penalties. Again, 11 penalties for 90 yards in the game. And I mean, that's Tennessee's the most penalized team in the sec and it didn't get any better today. So I think that's kind of a really, 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 really big issue, but yeah, no, I, I think you're right on a lot of that. I, I'm with you on all of those. And, and I think to a large extent, even though we could nitpick almost any game, I mean, that was it. Sawani that beat Cumberland two twenty two to zero. No, it was Georgia tech. Georgia. Okay. I mean, we could probably nitpick that one if we went back, but ultimately, this was a pretty one-sided game. So, um, but what did you what did you think of Nico? Anything stand out to you? The biggest thing I saw was he honestly reacts quickly. That run that he made, that that twenty-five yard run he had, that was an immediate thing on the fly move. If you noticed that, I mean, he he held the ball for maybe a second and a half, and he and it wasn't a designed run. He saw how the defense had aligned, and he took off. And then his other two throws were when he was on the run. I think all of his completions were to McCollin Castles, weren't they? And none of them looked even slightly inaccurate. And so I think and, – and the other thing is, Dave, I will say this. Maybe I was wrong. He does look bigger than I thought he would look standing out on the field with people on a – like. and I know we saw him against Texas San Antonio, but I don't know. He just seemed like he was more physically there than I thought moving the ball in the second half. Well, maybe I've got some insight into that because I have a son that's the same age and he's been to college and he's been not on the same weight program, but the the meal plan, he's probably put on a pound or two. Um, and he's not even trying. So with Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker. Let's go to the message board and get some of your thoughts. Go ahead and take part in our poll question today, which is on YouTube. And the poll question is, what is your biggest takeaway from the game so far, 50% says op opportunistic defense. 30% say Joe Milton. Dominant running game is about 10%, and so is Nico at about 10%. These are constantly fluid. So, uh, yes, I can do the math if I didn't add up to exactly 100 because they're literally moving as I see them. So keep voting. We want to hear your votes. Um, opportunistic defense probably should be the biggest takeaway because Tennessee can win games immediately that way. And I'll be honest with you, the other three didn't surprise me. Um, dominant running game, Tennessee has had that. Joe Milton, I thought, would play well against a lackluster opponent as continued to trend upwards. Nico, Caleb, if you can back me here, I've told you all along that I was told by people inside the program he was ready to play. So I think opportunistic defense is the one that I would have to choose because um, that's the, those are the type of plays, scoring, flipping the field, that can, that can actually get you a win against Georgia. I don't know that dominant running game, Joe Milton, and I know they're not playing Georgia next week, but that's what the season is going to be defined on as long as they can handle the Tigers. 
I don't know that dominant running game Joe Milton or Nico alone can beat the Bulldogs, but an opportunistic defense scores a couple of times certainly can. I'm really shocked, Dave, that you didn't have Gaston Moore's amazing play as one of your takeaways, you know, because Gaston Moore. That's right. <laughs> the ongoing joke is that I've got some sort of affinity for Gaston Moore, but who couldn't when he's got an awesome uh, last name just like Moore, unlike mine, which is uh, not not so. Well, great. that's more hookers. Who doesn't like more hookers? Everybody, everybody. Uh, one of my the Hemp House is fantastic. Chattanooga's premier hemp dispensary, and they've got the Big Orange Crunch that will be fifty percent off on Sunday only. Fifty percent off on Sunday only. And when it comes to CBD and Delta Nine products, only the best from Hemp House. Chat with two T's dot com. And use the promo code HOOK. The promo code HOOK. Get 10% off any time that uh, you order. But especially on Sunday, any day after a ball's win, the Big Orange Crunch is 50% off. So that is a heck of a savings and a great way to give HempHouseChat.com. Two T's. HempHouseChat.com. Two T's. Uh, a try. So go ahead and do that. Now, Caleb, I know you have uh, takeaways and I want to get to that. Um, your, your takeaways, if you want to run through those now, I know they're on the website. So go ahead and take me to takeaway number one. Well, Dave, you kind of took the takeaways right out of my mouth because my takeaway number one is really just, again, it was Heupel's offense back to form. We we separated it with Milton and uh, the game, but quite honestly, I think it's just simple. Heupel's offense is back to what we thought Heupel's offense should be. And we've kind of been waiting. For and can I jump in there? For a yes, sir. Can I jump in? for? Uh, when's the last time we saw a really confused safety? And we saw that on the Ramel Keaton touchdown pass in which he was wide open. Well, they talked about how wide open he got and that the safety made a bad read. Well, that's what the whole 2022 season was based on is safety's making bad reads. Yeah. So yes, that was a factor, but that was an important factor and speaks to what you're saying that the offense seems to be getting back to what it was uh, last year. Yeah, it does. And the last time I remember it was, I know exactly when it was. It was the third quarter of the Missouri game. Do you remember when Missouri cut it to 28 to 24 and it was after the Georgia loss and we're like, oh, wow, Missouri's making this interesting. And then Hooker found Jalen Hyatt for a 68-yard touchdown. It's the last time yep. that we actually saw a confused safety. Now, there might have been another one here or there this year. I can't remember. But there was, it hadn't. we hadn't seen a game where that was consistently happening all year. And we saw that. You saw at least three of them in games like this last year consistently so i think it was big tennessee got they got one of them and then they got squirrel white for the 82 yard touchdown that wasn't a confused safety that was just milton hitting white over the middle and white not running out outrunning everybody else in the secondary but uh i think that i think of that drop that ramel keaton had earlier in the season who was that against virginia Ian? you're right that was a bad one Virginia and daniel says Rami was out uh ramel was out there like please sweep baby Jesus, let me catch this. And he probably was. Sometimes you get way too far open and he was absolutely bare. So uh, Elias, yes, you're, he says, I still feel like we're operating a bit slower. Uh, I would agree with that. However, I, I, I think that there were signs that this was the old offense and that's because well, A, let's factor in the opponent. I don't want to repeat that ad nauseum. Let's factor in the opponent. And then B, let's look at it like this as well. Um, th this team could not possibly um, allow themselves to, to get beat in the running game. And I thought they walked guys up, and I thought that opened up the passing game. So it was just an overmatched team. Um, but I, th I think they are, are, are way closer than they were a few days ago or even uh, two weeks ago to be in the offense of last year. While we go on, I want to get your uh, comments on the message board, but let's play a little game here. We haven't done this before, and it's uh, it's called Name That Nico. So uh, what I want you to do is pick uh, some sort of adjective that describes Nico's play today. Just today, not what you think about him long term, 
What do you draw from his play? What you saw by Nico Iamaleva uh, today against uh, UConn. So just pick a word, one word only. By the way, the uh, well, I had a good. I, I love this. I can't find it now. Uh, Elias says Thornton looked good. Are we no longer worried about Dante Thornton? Did he hear your challenge, Caleb, and step up to the mic and and mature and grow because you called him out earlier? He seems to have, at least to this point. Am I right? I mean, he has. Um, that's two weeks in a row now that we have to give him some credit. So I'm not. I, look, I saw a lot. I saw way too much bad for six weeks to change my mind, and I think you did too. But I'm going to. I will stop. I've stopped trashing him. Put it that way. That does not mean I'm ready to say I was wrong for trashing him. So I'm not ready okay. to go there. So you you can see the message board there, right? Why don't you read off some of the comments uh, as far as adjectives to describe Nico Iamaleva's performance uh, uh, today against you? Couple that I like. Uh, well, first off, Travis says that Dante wants to fight me, and I wanted to show that real quick. Because um, Travis, maybe, you know, if he plays like he did the first six weeks, I thought he was so soft. I think I could actually take him the way he played the first six weeks. But uh, um, yeah, well, uh, I'd to see that. All right. So, a couple of good uh, quotes for Nico. We have uh, elusive with a I spelling, an I L L spelling, which I like. Um, ill elusive. Nico was ill, man. Um, ill elusiveness. Yeah the illest uh this is what this was going to be mine i actually i was going to do a spinoff of this i'll get to it but uh we've got confident from elias right here uh travis i don't know what this means gangly but well he was gangly when he got on campus he's still a little gangly because he's six six yep uh a couple more uh Smoky Mountain Red has awareness and oh Dave. That's that, that was my favorite of the group. Awareness. Mine was he, it just seems like the game's happening. I, I don't know. I don't know what happens with Joe Milton's career or Nico's career moving forward, but I can tell you this, it just feels like he is the game moves slower for him. And that's awareness. That is. He's, that's what I was going to say. I, fluid is one. I was going to say comfortable. He looked very comfortable out there running the offense, didn't he? I don't think it just it didn't seem like he was nervous, but the most accurate one comes from our guy David over here, Dave, and it's it's for you. But <laughs> total bust, total bust. No, none of us thought that that got to be a joke on the message board. David, guys, for those who don't know, Dave really wants Gaston Moore to be the starter. He is like Nico's a bust, and Joe doesn't have it. Gaston Moore is the next Peyton Manning, and no, I don't. <laughs> think that I don't I, I Navy Shuler is as likely to be the next Peyton Manning as is Gaston Moore hey um let me ask you this as well this is UConn it is what it is kudos falls great job but let's look forward a little bit Missouri how why can they beat Tennessee one they're a much better offense um than they were last year uh two they're a much better overall team than they were last year. Three, we talk about the revenge factor. Tennessee had Alabama on the ropes in Tuscaloosa, and a lot of their players said afterwards that it was personal because of what happened in Neyland Stadium in 2022. So, Caleb, uh, that revenge factor is a real thing. I think it was a real thing with Tennessee and South Carolina. Um, I don't think it affects you during the game. I but don't I'm not like you're oh, I gotta play extra hard on this play because it's South Carolina and they beat us last year. No, you're not you're not that type of player. What you are is you're a more attuned, focused uh player in Monday's practice, and Tuesday's practice, and Wednesday's practice. Missouri's gonna be like that this week for the balls, and they better know that that's coming. Hit like and subscribe, please, for me right now. Let's bring some more people into the channel. Yes, and just for some breaking news, Missouri just scored a touchdown to go up seven to three on Georgia uh in the second uh, late in the first quarter, 545 left in the first quarter. So um I agree revenge is going to be on their mind, 
But Dave, depending on how this Georgia game goes, do you think they will be able to be emotionally invested in Tennessee in the second week? Do you think they're a type of team that's built like that? Like I, I know, and I'm sure you remember, worst loss in Tennessee history, 2001 LSU. Tennessee was not able to emotionally invest in the SEC to play for SEC championship because of everything they put into that Florida game the week before. Okay, so you're kind of talking about the Bama effect. You, you had to get up. There's two, there's two things with the Bama effect. You have to get up to play Alabama emotionally or you're going to get smoked. And then you get beat down physically. So I don't think that's uh, going to be the the case with the emotional standpoint because I don't think people look at Alabama yet or look at Georgia yet like they do Alabama. Like they they beat us for 15 years. This is horrible. I hate being Missouri. You know, I hate being Kentucky. Uh, I hate being the SEC West teams, I should say. But I do think that this Georgia team physically will punish you. And that more than the emotional part would be a factor heading into next week from Missouri's perspective, in my opinion. Okay. Well, I could see that. Speaking of, with the SEC East conversation happening, breaking news, Ar Florida just lost to Arkansas in overtime at home. So Arkansas just beat Florida 39 to 36 in overtime, which gives Florida three losses and probably has Tennessee fans saying, oh my gosh, a college football playoff will be on the table if we didn't lose to this really, really, really bad Florida team the third week in the, of the year because they are, guys, they are a bad football team. Let's <laughs> just say that. They are bad. And and listen, you, you really need to, at this point, root for Florida for the rest of the year. Well, you needed them to lose today if you hope out for the then, East. but they, Right, but for the rest of the year, you want Billy Napier to stay around as long as possible. So if he squeezes out a couple more wins this year, squeezes out a couple more than he might have otherwise next year, then maybe you got Billy Napier into 2028, and that would be golden for Tennessee fans. That feels so butchish. It's absolutely undescribable. You know, a guy that hangs on and is just like, hey, I'm winning seven, eight, nine games every once in a while. Ain't this great? This Something is awesome. Something to build this off of, guys. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was let's, Tennessee. Let's roll with this. No, Tennessee. Nobody fell on a helmet. <laughs> Tennessee is like coaching hires for like 12 years. We've identified this guy, and he's going to have eight wins, and we could see him in five years competing for championships if he just gets eight this year. And nine. that's Florida with Billy Napier right now. You are so right. So, yeah, that's – um, I agree. And I think that – look, Tennessee is going to have their – right now, Vegas would favor Tennessee at Missouri, funny enough. FBI has Tennessee likely to beat Missouri next week. That could change based on what Missouri does and what they are doing within the next two and a half hours. But as of right now, the FBI has Tennessee as, I think, like a – and I think it was like an over 60% chance of beating Missouri, too, despite Missouri. They don't think that Missouri is that good despite their 7-8-1 record. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, 71. So we had. This is. Okay. I'm going to preach for a second. I'm going to get on my soapbox because Travis is getting me started. Our path is forming. This is why college football is going to be better next year with a 12-team playoff. Because you would look at teams and you would say, uh-oh, slip in this thing. 
Joe Milton is playing a lot better. Maybe you're Southern Cal and you're saying, uh-oh, this defense is starting to come together. Uh, you're Texas and, uh-oh, found a quarterback. Um, uh, or on and on and on. You're going to have these storylines. And, yes, if this was a 12-team playoff, I would tell you that Tennessee would have a realistic shot of making a run to a championship game this year. But they're not going to make it because it's a 14 playoff and Cooper Mays got hurt and they he wasn't able to play against Florida and they lost. That's not the way a sport should be. Caleb. That's absolutely wait, be wait, 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 wait. That's exactly how a sport should be because everybody, everybody always. No other sports like that. No other sport is like that. Premier League is and soccer in, in Britain, and it's the most watched league in the world. Nobody likes soccer. Premier League has no postseason. They have no postseason. No, nobody likes. Okay, soccer. well, wait, wait. Let, most, you bring up the, the injury. Popular, it's the most popular sport in the world. I know. Literally. You bring up the injury to Cooper Mays. What about this? You do the twelve-team playoff. What if Cooper Mays got hurt in a twelve-team playoff game? It would have it would have a worse impact. Okay, injuries are part of the game. Should injuries cost you from making the playoff? Well, they cost you if you have them in the playoff. So it doesn't really matter either way. I think this is the year. I think the fourteen playoff is wrong this year because I don't think there should be a playoff at all. I don't even want a BCS national champion. I want the old school AP poll where you just rank the number one team at the end of the regular season. Okay, that's the way I like college football to be. But I've all Caleb, you have always been high on my cool list, but you just dropped down a notch for not liking a playoff, and especially not liking the twelve. I like playoff, I like so. the old school mythical national champion, the team that's ranked number one at you the end of the went, year wins it. You went from you went from uh, John Travolta in Greece to the Fonzie. You just dropped a little bit, not a lot. You're still pretty cool, but after that comment, you're not John Travolta. The funny from thing Greece. is. By the way, I'm the, that is the. By the way, that's the only musical that a man is allowed to admit that he likes. I love a lot Prince. of musicals. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm a musical fan. I'll just let that go. Go ahead. I will say that it's funny because we always have the debate over me being the young guy on the show, and I'm like calling for a return to pre-1990 college football right now. <laughs> I want the '80s, man. Well, it's better than being called the old guy on the show. No, I know, but it's like either way. I'm coming no matter, across as no the, matter what I believe. I know I'm coming across as the old guy on the show right now because I want pre-1990 football back. I want the 1990 where Colorado had to split a national championship with Georgia Tech because Colorado went like 9-0 to bring back ties. I want ties back, and I don't want a playoff, and I don't want conference championships. Okay. I thought college football was better during that time period and i hate that i was too young to witness it all and at least bring back the bcs i don't want to play off this year tennessee if they don't make it it's because it's not because they don't they don't deserve to go if they don't make it they lost two games they lost to a bad florida team they this florida team is worse no. by the day no it's because a doctor made the wrong diagnosis in april what if the doctor made the wrong diagnosis in october and the cooper mace missed a playoff game and it cost him would have been the same thing so okay, I, well, I at least you have an opportunity. And if you're how many? Okay. if you're a true title team, you can withstand an injury like that against a bad football team like Florida. If you're a true title program, and, and there's a big difference because a program has that sort of depth. Um, you know, there were I know TCU, you know, shocked the world last year, but didn't you always felt like they were a Max Duggan injury away or a one or other two player away from this thing all going off the rails? They stayed incredibly healthy. So uh, a championship program, yes, I agree with you, but a championship team, a one-year thing, Tennessee is in that conversation, if not for the Cooper Mays injury, and you can't argue with that. Tennessee never should have Florida even with Cooper Mays. This Florida team is awful even without Cooper Mace. This is an awful Florida football team. This is a transcendently bad Florida football team with a trans, with not a transcendently bad coach, but a not good coach. And I Tennessee managed to I lose. Actually, I actually think he's going to end up being transcendently bad. I think he's their Butch Jones. And, I, and I've thought so. I thought so before he coached his first game at Florida. I just had that weird feeling where everybody loves him and they say, oh, he's so detail-oriented. But what does he do? You know, when Nick Saban was hired, you said he's the best defensive backs coach maybe in the history of man. When Philip Fulmer was hired as head coach, you said he's the best offensive line coach in the country. 
Um, when Josh Heupel was hired, you said he has a great offensive mind. At least, well, I mean, with Jeremy Pruitt, you had a, uh, he's a defensive coach, good talent evaluator, great recruiter. With Billy Napier, you've got he's detail-oriented. So that means he remembers where he puts his post-it notes. I mean, I, I always thought that was very weak. I think you have to be great at one thing, one thing to be a great head coach. And Elias, you're absolutely right. Napier has zero identity. That program is past the year and a half point, and what are they trying to do? They probably shouldn't have even played Anthony Richardson last year, and I know how well he played, but just to grow for the future because he was ready to bolt, no question about it. Yeah, and also the uh, here's the red flag, Dave, when a coach is hired. If opposing school fan bases respect the hire, you made the wrong hire. Like you, like every Alabama, I mean, every fan in the SEC was heated when Nick Saban was hired. They whined about Alabama pulling out all that money to get him. Remember, why did they whine? Why did Tennessee fans whine when Alabama got Nick Saban? Because they knew what was about to happen. So they, what did they do? They started crying about the ethics of how they hired Nick Saban. Because that's what you do when you don't want to hire that you know is a big threat to you. I remember when Tennessee hired Derek Dooley, funny enough. I remember going down to LSU to watch the LSU. That was the 13-minute on the field game that I'm talking about. And uh, I remember every LSU fan talking to Tennessee fans. And all the LSU fans are like, y'all got to stick with Dooley. He's a real good guy. No SEC fan says that about a great coach. No opposing SEC fan says that about a good coach. No, Nobody's saying, hey, Alabama fans, y'all got to stick with Nick Saban. No, it's a whole Rick uh, Patino saying, um, that way Houston, man, they are hard on him. They got to give him, they got to give him some more time. He's, he's getting things done there. I remember that thinking, and I was, I wasn't in the media. I was like early twenties, just reading about it thinking, well, that's not a good sign, but let me go back to if there was a college football playoff, here are the teams that would still be alive in a playoff. Um, that either are or aren't right now. Georgia, of course, um, but Missouri would still be alive if there were a 12 They are call. alive. I don't know what it means to still be. They are alive. They right are now. alive. Yeah, They are alive. Um, Missouri is very much alive at 7-1, even with a four-team playoff. Now, there's nobody else in the East, or Tennessee, excuse me, at 7-2 and two would be alive uh, in that conversation as well. Uh, three or more losses, Kentucky, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, uh, Florida, they would not, obviously. Now, in the West, Alabama would still be alive. Ole Miss would still be alive and are. Uh, LSU, though, at 6-2 and two, would still be alive. So I'm talking about a storyline in Baton Rouge, a storyline in Knoxville of a potential championship that would not be there that won't be there this year, but that will be there with the 12-team playoff. And you're telling me that's not as good for college football. I'm stunned. I am telling you that's not as good for college football. And the reason I'm telling you that's not as good for college football is the magnitude of games like Alabama-LSU tonight won't be there next year because of that. Travis and- says Travis says Napier looks like my brother. I have a hard time not liking him. Yeah, Napier's like the guy at your work that tries really hard but isn't really good at his job. And you, you like like him, and you even like him to the point where you, you kind of fill in the gap sometimes so that he doesn't look bad. But you would just as soon him find another job. Like basically the guy that like, yeah, you – one person you come down hard on for screwing up, and then the other person you like give him a break, and you're like, Yeah, but it's 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 Billy. It's Billy. Come on now. It's Bill. He's trying. <laughs> and, I, and and I'm as guilty as this with tech issues as anybody. And I'm sure Caleb sometimes we had one before we got on the air today. It's like Dave is like he's 80 years old. He can't work a computer. And I just guys. And this time I just didn't click on the mic mute button like uh the Zoom call days. So no, I think that uh, you want Billy Napier around for a while. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Missouri's head coach is more likely to beat Tennessee under the current scenario than Florida's head coach. Moving forward. I know what happened in September, but moving forward, Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri, Missouri is more likely 
to beat Tennessee than Billy Napier at Talent Rich Florida. What about that? That is crazy. Can you disagree with that? Can you disagree with that? And you were all out on Eli Drinkwitz earlier in the year before the year started. Um, I just think he's a goofball. I never really disliked him as a coach. I remember think. when remember when the belief was that Shane Beamer was going to be so successful at South Carolina that there would be a debate over whether or not Florida should stick with Billy Napier or hire Shane Beamer, but the debate was whether or not Billy Napier would be so good that they would have like the pick of the litter. Man, Florida stuck between Shane Beamer and Billy Napier to be their head coach is great. <laughs> exactly right. Um, no, I think Tennessee. Okay, you look back at the Philip Fulmer days. Who was the head coach at Georgia? Ray Goff and Jim Donnan. Right. Not tough to be. Who was the head coach at South Carolina? Who was it? Was it Brad Scott? Was that his Brad name? Brad Scott. Not tough to beat. Who was the coach at Clemson? And recruiting is going to tie into this. Uh, so, uh, Oh, I'm Tommy gonna... West. Because Tommy West went to Memphis afterward. Yeah, because I'm going outside the S- uh, SEC. If you're wondering why, it's recruiting. Um, now, And by the way, Memphis fans... We're, we're all a lot of people thought, oh, Tommy West did an amazing job in Memphis, but he landed D'Angelo Williams out of thin air. And like you, you've seen those smaller schools where a great player falls into your lap yeah. and they make you good for three years. <laughs> but Caleb, Tennessee was a Billy Napier at Florida away from winning three national titles in the 90s. If Billy Napier had been there instead of Steve Spurrier, Tennessee would have won at least three national championships in the 1990s. They okay, they would have won it in 96. I don't think they would have won it in 95, 94, or 97. And the reason is Nebraska won it those three years. And I don't think Chavis was smart enough to figure out the offense that Nebraska ran. Well, and they were very physical, too. And I thought that they really changed Tennessee's mindset and physicality following that uh, 97 season Fiesta Bowl. But I'll tell you this, one you didn't mention, the 99 team was the best of the group. Yeah, that front four was Sean Ellis, Billy Ratliff, and then John Henderson later, and then Darwin Walker. You're right. And guess what? They lost to Nebraska. And then, Dave, you were at this game. The probably I don't know if you were actually. I don't remember if you were covering him around this time. The 2000 Cotton Bowl, Casey Clawson's freshman year, when Kansas State, remember that one? Kansas State torched him. John Chavis was a deer in headlights. If, it, if you ever ran an offense that wasn't a standard pro-style offense, Chavis didn't know how to scheme for it, honestly. No, and, no. The, there, there's truth to that. Okay, so let's let's play the what if game, um, and and let's get that with our message board posters. What if there weren't a 12 team playoff? So let me let me ask you these options. Uh, you've you've got these options. Tennessee would not make it. Tennessee would make it. Tennessee would advance. Tennessee would win it all. I'm gonna make it just four simple options. Ooh, see, I don't, Tennessee would make it as a bubble team, like the 12th team. And the reason is I think they're going to finish probably nine and three. And I think you do too, don't you? I I mean, right now, I think they split Missouri, Georgia. And so finishing nine and three, there's six automatic bids. I think they... No, actually, I think a nine and three, I don't think they make it. I think the, I think the committee is, is a little more... Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know how they get in over an Ole Miss at that point. If Ole Miss has just two losses, which, which is going to be because Ole Miss held off Texas A&M today, so Ole Miss is finishing ten and two at a minimum. Unless, unless Lane Kiffin is once again flirting with job offers during the week of the Mississippi State game, which you know could happen, Dave. Very well, could happen. Uh, Dan, to answer your question, you want to root for Mizzou, no question about it. If Tennessee's going to make a fourteen playoff. But you just answered my own question. We just had a fun conversation about Tennessee. We could have the same one about probably a handful of other teams that have one or two losses in the nation that are not going to be in a 14 playoff that could be in a 12 team playoff. And this in particular, Caleb, this is this is why you were right previously, but you're dead wrong now. <laughs> is because there is parity this year. Now, there are some years where Georgia was just going to trounce rear end all the way into a national title. There are other years where Alabama was just going to roll through. You could have a 64-team playoff, and they're going to roll through and dominate everybody. This is not the year. This is the exciting year. 
this is the top of year. I'm just using Tennessee as an example where a Joe Milton comes together, they get healthier and suddenly they're the hot team entering the tournament. And we've seen that happen in basketball with teams that are, are shooters. What do they say in the NCAA committee? What you do in the last 10 games of the regular season matters. So this would be that year. And you are just throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I don't like it. I don't like that. I don't like that that happens. I thought it was ridiculous in baseball this year, for instance, that the Texas Rangers got to go to the World Series when they had 83 wins. And they got in as that second wild card team. And then they won the World Series. Nobody watched the World Series because of it. Because they knew that that was just a team that got hot. I thought it was, here comes a crazy one. The Giants' two Super Bowl wins in the NFL was bad for football. Okay? It was bad. I did, the Giants did not deserve to be playing the Patriots for the Super Bowl when the Patriots had done the work to go 18 and 0 and the Giants backed in at 9 and 7 that year, Dave. I'm sorry. They did. It's like it's it's like you've got soccer on the brain. I don't like everybody's like, I love upset so much. They're so great for the sport and all these great upset underdogs and David and Goliath. And I'm out here and I'm like, no, I don't like that. I like to see the best teams compete, and I don't like to see one game, one flute game, change all of that. I care about the body of work in a regular season. Yeah. That's where I come from. Uh, Caleb is high, folks. That's right. From Hemp House Chat, he got the weird uh, British voice. That crunch. wasn't British at all. That was whiny. It's, that was a whiny voice. Yeah. it's uh, Caleb is just talking crazy. Here's that damn voice. Um, again, go to Hemp House Chat with two T's, Hemp House Chat with two T's, and get the big orange crunch. Hemp House Chat with two T's.com, and it's 50% off on Sunday after the Vols win. Brought to you by uh, also Harold Security, Harold Group Security Solutions, and can't thank them enough. I had a chance to visit with the business owner. They do like extractions of people, like with this Jerusalem situation going on, or other situations like in Haiti. So, do you think they can protect your children at school? Yes, yes, they can. I mean, they do military extractions. So that's what we're trying to do. We've got it in private schools now. We're trying to get it in public schools. Go to your school administrator. They've already gotten another phone call from us. And that is, you just need to go to your school administrators and uh, reach out to Harold Group Security Solutions. So early Phil on the board and from Caleb. You feel good, bad, or eh about Missouri? Okay. I'm 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 a good. I think Tennessee is just a more talented football team with Cooper healthy. And if Kamal hadn't hadn't gotten hurt, I'd feel even stronger about that. But I feel good enough about it with Cooper being healthy. What about you? Uh do do you feel good, bad, eh, against Missouri? Uh, I'm an eh, largely because it's a road game. And I, I know last year was kind of a big one, but like I do believe the road game um, help hurt, hurts Tennessee. And again, you brought up the revenge factor. I think that's going to come into play too. So I'm an and eh, because I'm at the end of the day, I do think Tennessee's better than Missouri talent wise, and I don't think they're going to get out coached. And if and, and I don't think they're, I don't think they're prone to getting caught. One thing, and we have to give Hypel this. South Carolina game last year, notwithstanding, which there were a lot of things that went on to that in that game. I don't think has Tennessee been caught napping this year it, it, since Heupel's been there, Dave. Where like you, you go into a week and you're like they're supposed to win, and then they lose because they just were caught napping. Because I don't think they were caught napping against South Carolina. I think there was some other things that went on board in that game. I think there are a lot of things that went on board between Wolverines and Jeremy's and linebackers. And yeah, I think there are a lot of things uh, that, that went on board. Travis says, I feel terrific about it. Uh, George is going to beat him up and we reap the reward. Travis, you stole my thought. Travis and I think a lot alike. I don't know what that says about you, Travis. I'm sorry, but I completely agree. I think Missouri gets up for this Georgia game that offsets the emotional factor of the revenge game it'll be somewhat of a factor but i don't think as as strong as as maybe it would have been and if you look at the two games scheduling wise that tennessee needed to be mindful of that the outside schedule could affect them when i looked at the entire sec schedule i thought two things um i thought that 
Missouri having to play Georgia the week before would affect Missouri. And I thought Tennessee playing Alabama the week before Kentucky would affect Tennessee to play Kentucky. Tennessee, Tennessee was able to withstand that and still beat Kentucky despite the emotional letdown and physical letdown from the Alabama game. I'm not sure Missouri is able to do the same. I just don't think they're that good yet. So I got a question just from a recruiting standpoint and everything like that. Assuming the college football playoff is not on the table this year and assuming Georgia is going to be at Missouri and Ole Miss. So they're going to clinch the East and Tennessee's not. So assuming no championships or divisions are not are, are on the table. Is it more important to not slip up against Missouri or pull the upset against Georgia? Which game would you rather have? I think you'd rather have Georgia. But if you lose to Georgia, that's not going to really kill you in recruiting, is it? If you lose to Missouri, that gives Eli Drinkwitz some a little bit of momentum on the trail. Why don't we save that for Monday? That's a pretty good one. All right. Uh, for Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker. Might be a column. Uh, for Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker. Again, the Big Rap brought to you by Harold Group Security Solutions and the Hemp House. Have a fantastic day, everyone. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports Tennessee beats UConn 59 to 3 and it wasn't even that close off the hook sports it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with Victoria Cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say your chance to win starts with a spin so go to luckylandslots.com to play over a hundred social casino style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.